0: Hello everybody, it's um, unusual times and therefore we are releasing an extra recording and this can be seen as kind of preparation for this Sunday's uh, teaching and um, we just want to make sure that everybody still remembers that everything we do follows on everything that we've done before. the Lord has this process and... um, And where we're sitting today and we pray and we've been praying to understand what is the Lord doing? Um, Where do we need to focus? What do we need to learn? What's all the dynamics? Um, We understand that we started opening up the revealing of the sons of God. Um, uh, Scriptures we started opening. We spoke about the momentum, uh, the influences on momentum how to increase momentum. Mm-hmm. We, um, that teaching, Salonia has finished um, editing and it will be on the website. We, we named it uh, Terminal Velocity.
1: And Spiritual Drag.
0: And Spiritual Drag. And so um, I think it would be worthwhile just picking up there again and having a look at it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to have to supplement those teachings because we're having more revelation. I'm remembering that there was more that we wanted to mm. add that we didn't, um, and yet, uh, as a kind of a three D layer, uh, overcoming is fitting right into that. So the momentum progression, um, uh, and and overcoming it's all fitting together in a certain way. It's almost like um, like a ball you can turn it around and look at the different facets mm. of it, but it's all different facets but the same. Thing and um, and then we have this very significant practical exercise that we 're going through, where the world is crazy, um, nothing is normal, mm. and it hasn 't been for a while yet normal life is continuing in whatever way that we we see it continuing we 're doing church and yet we 're not mm. um, we function together as a as a body and a fellowship, and yet we cannot be together in, as a fellowship physically at the moment, and yet that shouldn't change a single thing. And we know that right now, one of the aspects that the Lord is speaking to us about is the whole thing, and we, we, we started a process with this, the Holy the Lord is speaking to us about the fact that we we are kind of the, the cork to the wheel, in this ministry, myself and Nadia, but yet the ministry should not be dependent on us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what we think and what we sense the Holy Spirit is teaching us and doing in the fellowship. And we're trying to identify the lessons and the purposes. And what we've realized is that he's um, busy with multi-layers mm. of purposes.
1: Yeah, we don't want to just get focused or stuck on one part or one element of it. He's actually doing so much on so different levels now. So we really want to keep everyone in the same momentum and uh, you know, keep all of us looking at the bigger picture, and not just focusing on one or two areas, but that we all focus on everything and learn as much as we can from this experience and from this season.
0: And, and we know, we, we just want to bring everything into perspective, that everything God does, He does with counterbalances, everything, all the time. He created the entire creation like that. <clears throat> um, you can't, in order to move left, you are moving away from whatever is right. And in order to move in an eastward direction, you're moving away from the westward direction. Uh, if you go up you 're moving away from down. He, he created everything on uh, this basis of there 's always two balances to everything um, in uh, the whole creation of the planet in order for there to be day it has to be night somewhere else
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, and it 's the way things work there 's light and darkness there 's Dry land and ocean and there's all of this and so whenever we're discerning what God is doing we have to keep this in mind otherwise we'll focus and go aha God is doing this and then we're missing the counterbalance Um, and so this has been our focus to understand what the Lord is doing and it works on different levels different things happening simultaneously and so the Lord takes us out of fellowship, to teach us about fellowship. The Lord takes us out of the equation so that we cannot directly um, interact with people, and yet it's not for the purpose of the people in the fellowship to learn to be uh, okay on their own. It's not for that reason. Not at all. It's exactly the opposite. That's
1: not independence.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the Lord didn't take us uh, out of uh, active fellowship or the ability to actively fellowship and separate and scatter all of us so that we can so that, so that we can learn to function on our own. it 's not the purpose don 't uh, don 't think that that 's what he 's teaching us he 's not teaching us that and when we did the Thursday night um, exercise where everybody had to open their hearts and become vulnerable as far as areas that we have to watch or that we're working on where we could negatively influence the fellowship or the others. Um, we have been placing emphasis on the fact that the Lord is speaking to us about the the, the dynamic that people might be too dependent on us. This, this, this ministry might be too dependent on us as their leaders and maybe even me because it originated with me. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that the Lord is now trying to minister to us that we should not be uh, interlinked and interwoven in a certain way. Don't make that mistake. Um, And the main thing that I want everybody to hear right now is that this is not, the purpose behind all of this is not so that each individual or each um, household some way should be able to function and survive on their own should something happen with the fellowship. Because you won't be able to. None of us will. None of us in this body are going to do well long-term on our own. Mm. You should walk out your own path. And we all live a walk together on a path. But I believe that, we believe that this exercise was... To wake us all up to the fact that each member has a vital role to play in relation to every other member in this fellowship, and we're going to talk about some of the fellowship dynamics and things to keep in mind. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So that's why we're making this recording. The um, we're going to talk about we're just going to remind ourselves what is this fellowship? Mm -hmm. What's it based on? How does it function? Why does it function the way? It functions and um, why we have to watch out for certain things. So we're keeping in mind that we want to learn how to deal with things. Should we be taken out of the equation for a period of time or for longer periods of time? And we want to go back and look at the fact that Paul has to write a letter to the Corinthians church because they're not doing well. They've grown steadily, they have elders, they have leaders, they have people of influence, they have people ministering to them, and Paul has to write two letters to them going, guys, you're getting it totally wrong. Judging each other, uh, segregation from each other, and um, competing with each other, even contradictions in doctrine, and so forth, and so forth. And he actually warns them. He says, you've got to watch out, I'm coming to see you. And when I do come, Mm. don't underestimate the authority with which I'll come. But the fact is, he doesn't rush there because God has put him in a position where he's in jail. He's not even allowed. God is not putting him in a position to go and save them. Yet he doesn't leave them to their own devices Mm. either. Mm. He does send them letters and warnings
1: to all the churches that he's ministered to. Yeah. So he doesn't just go, travel, plant a church, and then leave, and then that's it. They need to function on their own. He writes letters. We see that he does a second journey. He goes back, revisits all the churches that he helped establish. So just to connect with what you're saying, mm. they're not necessarily dependent on Paul's ministry, but that doesn't mean that they're completely independent you know, there's still mm. communication, there's still contact, there's still influence, there's still authority and guidance.
0: And, and if they had any wisdom, they would seek him out as much as they could for guidance and leading because he is and the we apostle. see that they do that, yes. But from God's side, God does something really unimaginable. He allows a Paul to be locked up, to be taken out of the equation at times. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's to reveal the vulnerabilities in these churches. Might be. Because Paul could sort everything out and Mm. and organize everything while he's there, but the potential Mm. um, for the wrong things to develop would always be there. Yes. And we know that even in creating this world, the potential for sin existed, although it hadn't manifested. And God places the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. The potential is there. And he doesn't put angels around. He could have put the double-edged sword sword, in front of that tree so that Adam and Eve couldn't go near it, but he doesn't. And so when things like this happen, we know that if there's going to be any potential for rebellion, for selfishness, for falling away. He's going to take us into a position at times and allow us to be in a position where these things can manifest. It's our job. Mm. It's each of our responsibilities to make sure that it doesn't manifest, that we don't go to that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, uh, what we felt in prayer is that within all of this, there's a real danger for our normal fleshly minds to go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we won't even realize that we're eating mm. from it. Because mm. things look like it's going not going well. We go, oh, I'm going to figure out according to the knowledge of good and evil, what's going on. Mm.
2: What's
1: it's, wrong,
0: what's right. What's causing this, what's wrong, what's right. And in doing that, we're going to start leaning, leaning on our own understanding. Mm. And I want to encourage all of you, don't go there. Don't do it. Don't do it with yourself, with your own life, with your neighbor's life, with another person's in, person in this fellowship's life. With the fellowship, don't do it. Don't go near that tree. And I suspect that we are allowed to experience seasons like this because the potential is there and we're going to have to learn to live not going near that tree. Mm. But not just avoiding the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, actively still eating from the tree of life. Yes. And that's where we want to focus. He's teaching us these things on many levels. Now, each one of you, wherever you were, we're supposed to stick to protocol, stick to the rhythm, uh, maintain momentum, and keep eating from the right tree. And we would all be fine but let's talk about first before we go more into that the interaction and what we're supposed to learn let's just remember what kind of a church we are
2: yeah Uh,
1: needless to say we're not a normal church I think that's the understatement of the century and the reason we understand we're not a normal church is because we we're not a Sunday production what we are here is a vital and living organism we move with the Holy Spirit. Every Sunday, the teaching that's prepared is prepared according to what is happening in the whole body. The dynamics that are taking place in the entire body. And according to that, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us to know what we should should teach all of you. And on different levels and in different scenarios, all of that speaks life and vitality and guidance into our lives. And the Holy Spirit teaches us in that way. So... Just looking at that dynamic, obviously, that doesn't make us normal church. And uh, we're going to look at Ephesians 4 just now as well to remember what the road is and what the road's about and what the result's supposed to be. Um, but we all know that we are genuinely walking a road together. Uh, like I said, not a Sunday production. We don't get together because it's just nice and we feel good, and church makes us feel edified, and we feel better, and it's nice to see each other. That's not what this is about. We understand that we're all walking a road because we're keeping our eyes fixed on a certain outcome. And it might happen, as we walk this road together, that every now and then we glance over to some of the other members. And as we do, we might perceive them in a mess. Sometimes when we look at each other during this journey... We see blood and guts and tears, and it looks horrible. It really doesn't look like there's much growth the way that we expect it and the way that the Bible also does promise. We know we're supposed to be led into more freedom, into more healing, into more provision, into more, more well-being. And sometimes when we look at each other and we perceive each other, it looks like the complete opposite. Um, And we just really want to to make this point and please hear this clearly. We need to remember that we are walking a road of overcoming. Now when I say overcoming, yes, there's the overcoming of the flesh and of the self and we understand what that looks like. But we are overcoming on so many different levels. We are not just overcoming the flesh and the sin that's in us. We're overcoming an enemy that is coming directly against the process that God is leading us in. We're, coming, we're overcoming the world around us and the dynamics and the people around us. We're overcoming temptation. We're overcoming sin. We're overcoming so many things on so many different levels. And the fact of the matter is that this is a war. It's a battle we're fighting, all of us. Every day, and yes, the Lord's process and His goodness does lead us into more goodness and more wellness and more healing. But we all know from experience that we need to fight for those things. It's not like we just gain it; we need to fight for it.
0: And the thing, the fact of the matter is that um, this is what it looks like for most people. People come into this fellowship and whatever their process was before we know that they're going to come into this fellowship and they're going to have their first level of overcoming and for a lot of people it's quite dramatic
2: Mm.
1: and traumatic
0: it could be traumatic even but but most people when they come into this fellowship as a matter of fact just about everybody has this experience that they hear a whole lot of new things they acknowledge the fact that there's, there's things they've been looking for here. Then they start settling in. And they do start dealing with certain things in their own life. And it seems so big and so significant and so... Um, um, uh, it It leaves such a big impression on a person that when they've moved through that first level of dealing mm. and overcoming... It looks like this was such a big work that was done. Mm. But what most people don't realize is this is only the beginning. When a person enters this fellowship, it's going to be the beginning. And we have seen this for those who have worked with this fellowship for more than two, three, four years. We've seen what it does. There's the first level of overcoming and it's significant and then we go to the second level of overcoming. And that's unexpected. People yeah. go, well, surely now we've overcome and then mm. there's this breather. Uh, there's the resting periods in between. And then the serious work starts. Mm. Normally by then a person is a year into this fellowship. And oftentimes it looks like this. though it comes through that initial Dealing with the obvious things, so a person comes in, they're riddled with anxiety, fear. Those are normally the things they come in with, riddled with self. the The impact of a lot of truth uh, and awareness opens eyes, and we kind of readjust ourselves. And there's huge victories on a certain level. Um, it's like when you're going to refurbish a wooden uh, table or something. Just once you've wiped all the dust away, there's already a huge improvement. But then you're going to have to start sanding that table. And that's where the real work starts. So, and the beginning experience is all the dust and grime is washed off. And you go, this is wonderful. But it was the start. It was preparing for the actual work. And so what we see is people come into the fellowship and... And we're reminding everybody that's been here for long, those that have been here for a less period of time, and um, even people that have been here for a few months. We want to tell you what we've seen over and over over the last few years. People come in and they deal with things and they confess, I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that. That wasn't overcoming. That was the Lord preparing you for the work. And then you start a repentance process. And it's real. And it's deep. And there is some repentance. But that wasn't it yet. And then people will go through a process where they deal with certain things. But at some stage, towards the end of the first year, people are going to start, or usually about six months, seven months in, people will start saying, well, I've done so much of the work. I'm used to the fellowship now. I've learned so much. Now, I want to show you what I've brought, I want to show you what I have to contribute. And we're used to this happening, and then people go, let me contribute. And the reason why we then slow the process down with people is because, yes, you might have a prophetic gift, yes, you might have a lot of insight, but you haven't actually gone through the process. And you might be seeing a person that's been here three years and they look like a mess, it's because they've been deconstructed. And it's a huge process of first taking everything apart, bit by bit by bit. Not just deconstructing doctrine, but deconstructing who the person thought they were, who they thought, where they thought their roles were in the fellowship. And this deconstructing, Taking apart, undoing process is a deep work that takes long. And so we'll see someone that's been in two years and they actually look better when they first came into the fellowship than what they look after two years. It, it actually looked like they were higher functioning spiritually than what they look in this end of their second year. And they'll come to a place where they almost look like they are spiritually completely not functioning. And that's only when everything has been taken apart that, and all the little parts are cleaned that we can start putting things together again. And eventually that person will be able to function in their role. But it's in this interim when people have dealt with the initial things and now they are going to... Because a lot of times then people come and say, I feel the Lord wants me to lead a prayer group and I feel the Lord wants me to establish, establish intercession. I feel the Lord wants me to also, you know, I can benefit, I can minister to, to these, or not minister, they don't call it that, but maybe if we could just talk to each other a little bit about our problems. People need support, they need fellowship, people are alone, people need things. We've had that over and over. People want to also contribute this little thing they've got. But the person itself, hasn't gone through the process yet and in this fellowship we know that process is vital because it's the deconstructing that's going to bring everybody to that place and a lot of times we can sit in the fellowship and look at the person that's looking the worst and sometimes that person that's looking like he's doing the worst is the one that's doing the best the one that's got the most blood on him is sometimes the one that's doing really well because he's been on the battlefield, is in the heat of what the Lord is doing. Because a lot of other people have been avoiding the scalpel. And there are certain things that we know that the Lord is going to do in their lives, but they've been avoiding it, postponing it. And they'll look better than the guy that's been diving in there.
1: Okay, so let's just get back to the point that uh, we started by saying that this church, at least, is not a Sunday production. So what we mean by that is that this living organism that we have here, this living structure, is not there for anyone's comfort or for anyone's enjoyment. It's not supposed to function in a way that we feel comfortable with or the way that we think things should be going. Um, It's completely led by the Holy Spirit. And everyone is in a living process. These are real people with real processes. And we are taking them on together as much as we can. Um, And so we just really want to keep that in mind. Uh, Even though we might have ideas about how things should go, how other people's walks should go, things that they should have overcome in, we must never forget that these are real people who are really walking the road and are being led by the Holy Spirit uh, in his process, in his timing to overcome and things that they should uh, according to the, the process that he has laid out for them. Um, so now let's get back to Ephesians chapter 4, which is basically what our whole structure is based on. Um, and you know the scripture very well. So Ephesians t- chapter 4 from verse 11 says... And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Messiah, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Messiah. So obviously this entire scripture is based on the body. And we do see that it starts off by there are some that are given to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, this piece of scripture, again, is so applicable to the season we are in now, just considering the fact that we have been taken out of the equation for a bit. And if everything goes well, in two weeks' time we'll be in Malawi again. And you all know how the year is supposed to unfold. And so we are in a season where we're looking at Uh, Getting all of you as the fellowship, as the body, um, to be not completely dependent on us. Um, But now we need to consider this scripture that even if the whole fellowship is not necessarily dependent on, on us, the two of us, it's still supposed to function as a body. So we just want to bring that balance in that just because uh, we might be taken out of the equation for uh, everyone to learn not to be too dependent on us, the idea was never and will never be that anyone is supposed to be able to function on their own as an individual. That's not the idea and it's not even biblical. The body is supposed to function together as a body. So, um, so practically, the way this would work is that the body is supposed to keep momentum. We are living real lives and different factors and facets will come in. There will be uh, different seasons, different trials, different tests, and, and life is going to throw these things at us. But as a body, we're supposed to still uh, keep momentum and keep functioning. Uh, the Holy Spirit that da- is not going to stop his process because things happen on our side. He, from the beginning, was very aware that this world has different dynamics, but that's no reason for him to stop the process that he started. And so it's each member's responsibility to keep the momentum, to keep in contact with the rest of the body, to make sure that we're you know, still swimming in the same, walking in the same direction. Um. And so at this stage, it would probably be a good time to ask the question during this time of not being able to physically meet. And even just during the last 24 hours, how much have we been praying for every other member? Uh, how much have we been contacting one another, checking up on each other, making sure you know the bonds that we've formed and the bonds that have been formed as a body are still alive and still strong? because this is how, how the body keeps functioning. Um, and so from here, we're going to recap a bit on how things work, why things work the way they do, and uh, some of the parameters and protocols uh, to keep us safe going forward.
0: So within the right environment and the right circumstances... It could be looking something like what we've experienced this year and especially now. And the kind of environment and circumstances when we are away. So this is what could develop. This is what could go wrong. Let's talk about that quickly. We understand that we have to watch out for each other, be there for each other, draw near. So the moment that we are wanting to be safe and function as a body, we draw near to each other. We're mindful of each other. We're a small nucleus within a greater world. Everybody's lives out there is continuing, but we remain connected even when we're not together in a very real way, each and every one of us. And the fact is that over a long period of time, some of the people in this fellowship committed to the fellowship. Then, in their perception and reality, became a part of the fellowship. Then, after a while, felt like they are really fitting into the fellowship. Mm. Then became more and more a part of the processes within the fellowship and taken ownership of the fellowship, taking responsibility of the fellowship. That's when a person starts contributing financially, helping out, and seeing what's needed, Uh, there's a chair needed, there's something needed, and we do that. We start uh, phoning people, sending messages, we're actually a vital part, and then we think, now we're there. And then for many of those, they'll be able to testify that that's when they thought they are really part of it. And then, at a later stage, they realize that they finally surrendered the... um, uh, they finally gave up on the butts and the uh, uh, reserves because people are unable to know that they're part of something but they're actually still reserved. Actually, not completely yet in this boots and all. And a lot of the people that are here now that have been part for a long time, we've seen them go through these processes where eventually they go. I'm just, there's no way to turn back. And when we talk about the Sunday production, the normal church walk versus what we have here, uh, most people can be part of a church for 10 years and they have relationships. But if it changes, if if the Lord moves them to another church, they've outgrown the church or they have to move a location and they have to become part of a new church. It hurts and it's uh, uncomfortable. But you can kind of pick up get into a new fellowship, build new relationships, and you can carry on. And it's not so with this particular fellowship. There's a road we're traveling on. This is like a very narrow, singular road, and if you want to go back to anything else, you've got to literally make a U-turn and walk all the way back to where you started and then continue on. You can't just uh, transition into something else. And that's that's a very real part of this fellowship. And why is it like that? Because you can't just be a member here. The whole work that's being done here is being knitted in, and that's why it's based on Ephesians four, and we knitted in on such a deep level that now we're stuck with each other, literally, and um, that's what we've got to get to understand through these seasons where you're not, or the members are not dependent on us
2: mm.
0: and yet there is a certain way things are done.
2: Mm.
0: And we're going to talk about why it's done in that way. Um, most people would have taken three to four years to develop to a place where they understand the principles and they understand they have enough of an understanding of the eternal truths that they can actually just function accordingly. They're not teaching it yet, not relaying it yet. It's not knowledge, it's they function accordingly. Mm -hmm. And that's when they can really start serving on a deeper level within this. But then developing the consciousness, the awareness of the greater group, that takes a long time. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the meantime is we notice what's happening with people around us and it can irritate us. It can we can go like with why why are you why are you sulking again, or why are you dealing with this thing that didn't you deal with this six months ago? why are you dealing with this again,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or why are you doing this thing that you shouldn't be doing again and let's talk, we're going to have to talk about that because this is one of the things that in this particular season, this is the exercise we're doing we've got to understand that God wo- works with us in levels and just when we think we've overcome God has done the work then he opens up a new level and we deal with this thing again and we we don't even know with everybody that we're walking with when the end of that process Mm. is going to be and it's not for us to get impatient with people in their process Mm. because people come from different things People are willing to open certain things up but not other things and then eventually they'll open those things up and that will trigger in other areas again. And there's always a few people that think they're doing okay because they just haven't dealt with things yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we know about this. And then a lot of times the person that's not dealing with this stuff think that he can help the guy that's dealing with the stuff. But you can't because you haven't dealt with mm-hmm. certain things yet and we know this and that's why we have safety measures in place the fellowship actively gives permission to whom may speak into their lives who may partake in their process who may minister to them and that's why we have a, a zero ministering to each other um, policy. policy zero We don't, and, and we know that People out there still sometimes inevitably transgress a little bit on this. And every time that someone has, it has set them back. Because it never works out well. And then people say, yes, but I'm ready. Or I can see what's needed in this person's life. But you see, unless you are positioned right, Often we'll see the fault need. There's a fault need. It's the obvious need. It's the obvious thing that's happening. But whenever there's an obvious thing that's happening, underneath there's always a lot of context. There's roots, and there's a lot of other things, layers and levels of things happening. And so you can't just address that thing. And that's what goes wrong with most of these courses and healing hearts and stuff that churches are doing. Um, they want to get a result through a certain process. And um, we're not saying that certain processes are not standard, standard processes, but each person will respond differently on different levels as the Holy Spirit leads them through it. And we have no control over that. We can guide through it, we can work with what the Holy Spirit is doing, but we're not in control. We're not going to say, well, why are you doing this again? Now let's look at the reality that some people might resist the Holy Spirit. some people might go back to um behaviors or thought patterns and lose ground again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be overcome in areas that we have uh, that we have overcome before we might fall into um, uh, a new uh, season of fear and anxiety when we've actually overcome in that we can we being tested all the time. Mm. And then there's just the fact that a lot of us are still dealing with things. Some areas in our lives are just continuous and we'll get to the end of that. We'll sort things out and some things are just out of line and out of order and we're still trying to figure out how to bring those things in order. And sometimes when it happens it causes eruptions and it causes a mess mm. and it's going to happen. Okay. It's going to happen. Somebody that, that, that's in the wrong career might be in the process of dealing with it, dealing with it, and then one day has to make the decision to change direction, and it's a bit of a mess for a while. All those things happen. And um, the fact is that we're in a long process together. So when it comes to what can and cannot happen and why, not ministering to each other is very simple. Um... People that could potentially minister to each other would have had to go through a long process in this fellowship, where they have dealt with their own stuff, And then they have the know-how according to the uh, eternal truths and the principles, the understanding uh, about those processes. And then they would have had to develop wisdom. And a lot of people have come into this fellowship from outside and they're here for a few months or even a year. And then they, from their perspective, they've been here long enough and they say, well, you know, I can help this person or I can be part of the solution. And why should everything fall on your shoulders? And we're looking at the person and we go, well, this lady hasn't even submitted to her husband yet. Now, you can't deal with another person, you can't, you can't help young mothers understand how to be a mother, because you're a good mother, but you haven't submitted to your husband yet. And those people are completely oblivious to the areas where they have actually not had victory yet. We know, we can see it. And um, so just ministering scripture or just encouraging each other, that is, there's very clear boundaries. We don't speak into each other's lives because we don't know the whole process. Mm. And um, we don't understand the long-term process. Mm. And people do harm to each other. So in this ministry, our agreement is that doesn't happen. Um, Why don't we allow more sessions where people can open up and share so that everybody can understand where everybody's at. Now, that's something that has come up and it's a very valid question. I want to answer that right here. There could be value in that, where people feel more they can share things. People have a, a desire to share their stuff. And mostly what they'll share is what they choose to share. And they'll share little bits, not Everything. And they will usually share the fault need. Mm-hmm. And normally, when people share or repent openly, they'll do it in a way where they'll solicit a bit of sympathy mm-hmm. and understanding. And this creates an environment where things are not really conveyed in a truthful, brutally honest way. way. Mm-hmm. Only half the picture is painted normally. Half the facts are given. Now, in our process with people, it takes us many sessions over a long period of time to get an idea of exactly the depth of every situation. And a lot of times, the person that is dealing with something has a huge blind spot. A lot of time, people, times, people are dealing with things, but they don't even actually themselves understand where it came from why things are Mm -hmm. happening the way it happens and over a long period of time people have revelation they go like wow how did I not see this Mm -hmm. how did I not understand this and they're dealing with something on a certain level but we can see that the solution is on another level and we're slowly guiding them towards understanding where they position themselves Mm -hmm. and um And then we, a lot of people have a a need inside for validation. And so another person with a problem will enable a, a different person to feel valued and like they're contributing and they have their answers and they're actually feeding their flesh off it. All these dynamics happen. And so this is why we don't function in that way. It could look like, and a lot of people might feel, but I want to share... I want to open my life and share everything I'm going through with everybody else. And maybe people could learn from it. And that's the way the world operates and we don't operate in that way. Mm -hmm. So, it's not that we're dealing with things in secret. Every person has their process. That process, we do a lot in prayer and in functioning to bring order to the processes, to help them make decisions. And everybody is in a intense process. Mm -hmm. And we might say, well, we could be praying more effectively for people. But we don't want an uncoordinated prayer effort. Mm -hmm. And actually, a lot of times people want to, in normal church, go to the front and receive prayerful things when it's actually a repentance issue. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my feet hurt because my shoes are too small. So I can pray for your hurting feet or I can advise you to go buy the right size shoe. And there's actually no prayer needed. And a lot of times it works like that. And then other times, we, we, when needed, when we feel it's beneficial, we'll, we'll create opportunities for us to get a little, little bit more inside and pray. But general prayer... General prayer for the Holy Spirit to comfort people, for the Holy Spirit to provide for people, for wisdom to grow, for uh, peace and grace to multiply and the knowledge of uh, God and Messiah. Mm. Those are the things we pray for each other. I can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on with so-and-so, but I lift them up in your sight. Mm. Uh, Help them to finish their process, not to stop short. Um... Give them vision and understanding. uh, Give them wisdom in it. And uh, we pray for those that are uh, assisting them to to be given wisdom and to to know what it is. And how do we encourage each other? So with us out of the equation, for those that have been interacting, because now a lot of people are interacting out there, and that's a good thing. We want that. Caution. Within all of that, because we're at home, it's December, we're not, many people are not at work and we want to fellowship. We have a need for fellowship, for friendship. Let's not make it about feeding the flesh at all times. So friendship can develop and it will be detrimental to a healthy fellowship. And so we know what that balance looks like. And then we have the opposite. Then we have some people that's been going, okay, we need to learn how to do this on our own when Monet and Nadia isn't around. And when we get so drawn into what I'm doing here, that we actually get separated from the actual flow because there's a flow in the spirit, even when we're not together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the focus should be flow with the body, be body mindful, Keep the body in, it's kind of you look in, to the Holy with, with expectation if I need to respond in prayer for the body. We bring people to mind and um, we, we all know when to pick up the phone and say, Hi, just thinking of you. Um, wonderful day, what did you think of Sunday's teaching that you enjoyed? And that, so on. We could send the scripture to people. But without saying, I found this scripture for you, never ever is that allowed. Don't say we received the scripture for you, that's ministering. Not allowed. If you want to send the scripture, send the scripture. A person can do with it what they want. The Holy Spirit can lead them in it. You just go, um, thinking of you and use the scripture. You don't even, you can just send the scripture. That's it. <laughs> but I mean that that's it. You could say the scripture that's um really encouraged me today. I want to encourage you with it. Don't go, this is a scripture for you. We don't do that. Okay. And um, so we encourage sending scripture pieces without add-ons. We encourage going out of Sunday's teaching. This stood out for me. Um, I wanted to just tell you, uh, did you pick up on this? It's so group. Wonderful. Don't read into those things. We're encouraging each other. Mm-hmm. And then the most important thing through all of this, we want to make sure that if we, are, if you are separated from where we're at, go back and make sure that you operate, you think, you read your Bible according to what we've taught you. Mm-hmm. That's our function. That's why we're here. And that is the structure that's going to keep everybody safe. You're not supposed to now all of a sudden think, well, if they're gone, I'm going to have to interpret my Bible for myself, uh, find God's way myself. The whole road ahead of you have been constructed. Mm. If we die today, the road to the very end of your life is constructed for you. You use what is on record, what we've been teaching you with the rest of the body, and you can walk the road out at this point in time. Mm. So that's very important to understand. And I think that was was the nucleus of what we wanted to say. What else did you want to add? Okay. Um, Now, basic points we're making here is that what we are learning in this season is there's different things on different levels, not one lesson in itself, several lessons. Lessons are, yes, we want to be aware of the f- fact that as an individual, when Mona and Nadia is not here, how do I, what do I have to focus on and be aware of so that I remain within the structure and remain safe for everybody else while making a contribution.
2: Mm.
0: Okay, so just sitting in your chair, not saying anything, not doing anything, is so not making a contribution. Okay, and that's not being harmless. It's just being useless. So it's not the same thing. So we want to be an active part, living part, contributing, but in a safe way. And each of us has learned where areas exist, where we need to be vigilant and careful Mm. in the way that we naturally do things. Mm. Then the lesson we have learned is that we need to still actively participate in the dynamic of the body, actively actively be vital, although we can't physically be together. That's not difficult. It's remembering, being outward focused, body focused, uh, maintaining a high level of loving the body, being conscious of the body in the sight of God first and being responsible, not starting to act out, out of line with what has been uh, established mm. as safety measures, um, not starting to be tempted to question mm. the way things are functioning, um, we are growing, and we are always open to to input and We, we, we want input it helps us navigate it 's a living organism. everybody contributes, but the structure as it is now those that 's been here long enough will know it it works. And it brings safety. Then very importantly, right now, I suspect that a lot of people have been tested on, yeah, we're supposed to be safe and function when they're gone, but why is that person acting like that? And why is that person doing that? And this is irritating me, and this is not right, and I want to be more comfortable, and I want... It's not about your... We don't want to create a comfortable, safe safety. Just the safety. And so um, we're on the wall... Uh, we're on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And then I want to just uh, leave us with this, that um, a lot of people that's had the messiest walk have made some of the biggest contributions Mm -hmm. by the way that they've actually dealt with things and wrestled with things and spoiled their guts. Uh, Every time that we have a real vital movement forward, it creates a dynamic that contributes. And a lot of people, including myself, that has really had to wrestle with things, really had to face things and deal with it head on, make adjustments, has made the biggest contributions to the vitality and the growth in this, mm. in this group. And, um, and I personally repent all the time when I look at someone going like, you could be doing better right now, it's, it's their process and our wedding, we would intervene if we saw someone being stuck mm-hmm. and sometimes we could move faster but it's not for us to get irritated or question mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. Um, we agreed on that? Mm-hmm. So that's what we wanted to share with you today. Some thoughts on biblical characters. Um and, and without any judgment, because we know these were God's people and they were justified because of God's perfect law. He justifies. Mm-hmm. Who can bring an accusation against God's...
2: Uh,
0: God's elect. And we see that Abraham, Abraham makes mistakes and um, we see God helping him through it. Mm-hmm and it could have had dire consequences. And then we see at times where men and women of God make radical decisions um, that would look almost opposite to what God's normal redeeming processes would be. And some of these decisions are part of God's will. Um, And so we can fashion a, a very simple Christianity that we say, well, everything should work in in a certain way. Mm. The Bible doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way.
2: Mm.
0: And, um, we know that Jacob's deception together with his mother is because there's a greater will and they have a deep impression of what God's will would be. And they cannot allow Esau
2: Mm.
0: to walk away with the blessing. Mm. Um, and these are these areas in everybody's walk that we just don't understand, and we don't judge each other, we don't just reject each other, we don't stop fellowshipping with each other, or, mm. or reaching out to each other, because we're going like, what are you doing? Mm. Um, if we were fellowshipping with Jacob and his mother, and we saw what they were doing, we would go, no, I don't want anything to do with them. It's a matter of fact, I think a few people would side with Isa, kind of like Esau, sorry, man. You know, as a church, we think we should redeem your birthright mm. and pray um, together with you, because God is a just God, and I, uh, we can see how God should restore these things to you. And um, and that's how a lot of churches would have responded to the story of Esau and Jacob if they were part of that fellowship. A mm. um, long term. We see the story unfolding and we can go we can run through it and I just want to say within the circumstances as we've been seeing it that again Noah uh, God blesses him with the knowledge on how to build the ark but his house is lost and his ancestors his father might still be alive when the flood comes He's got family members that drown. And uh, and there's just so much of God's will that we have to consider on a moment-to-moment basis. And we always use the word uh, best we can as as an anchor and a road map. But if we start becoming generic, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll very soon step into problems. We do our best to put structures in place to bring order and to, um, yeah, to to keep things as orderly as possible. When it comes to the Holy Spirit in our meetings, uh, our conviction is we have to honor Him by the way we act. Mm. So that's why we bring structure and and order, not for the structure's sake. Mm. But so that we can facilitate and host the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's our main motivation for structure. We have a starting time mm. and, 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 a, and a time for doing things, but it's not that we want to program. Mm. We want to make sure that we know where we're going and why we're going there. Mm. And um, we're doing the best we can whilst not taking over from the Holy Spirit. Mm. The fact is that if we work, say the persecution started and we were killed, then I want you to listen very carefully. Even if you have been, even if, once we've released Leon and Adna's elders, if we're taken out of the equation and we're all scattered, n- number first priority is find others to fellowship with. Immediately, as soon as possible. Don't try and survive on your own. We find the body so that we can fellowship together. Most important thing. We create any way possible. If we have to fellowship with the guy on the other side of the valley through smoke signals, that's what we do. But for some form of connection is immediately sought Mm. out. Mm. Don't think, are we just going to survive on our own? We can do it. We equipped enough. No, it doesn't work that way. Then secondly if we're taken out of the equation, find fellowship, secondly, nobody is going to lead another person uh, if they are not biblically sound, mature, uh, grown in wisdom, fivefold people. Mm -hmm. The elders will protect and oversee day-to-day little things, mm-hmm. but they're not going to start establishing new doctrine, they're mm-hmm. not going to start teaching the Word. Their, their job will be to remind everybody of what they have been taught, mm-hmm. and they have to do it as accurately word-for-word as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Their job would be, if they had to do that for 20 years, they're never going to be authorized to start teaching people new things And reconstructing new things. That is for the fivefold ministry. And when a bunch of, or a group of believers are together, long term, you adhere to the structure that we have introduced. It's your for your safety. Nobody starts leading anybody else. We walk together, we help each other, we carry each other's burdens, but we go back to what has been established by the apostles and the teachers. Mm -hmm. And we just eat that food it will sustain you but we don't go say okay now it's up to us to do things and to lead people if you haven't been ordained by God if you haven't been I'm not talking about church ordination we're talking about God calling you to this and releasing you to this then you don't lead God's people you don't minister to them you can encourage them strengthen them serve them it's different from ministering to them So this is the way we're looking at this and we're learning to do this right. And then never allow, if there's five or ten people together in an uh, end-of-the-world scenario, never allow that little group to become about you and the friendships you have and the relationships you have and you start feeding off each other. Mm -hmm. These are the things we've taught you. Let's practice it and keep to it and stick to it. Okay. Is
2: that all? Amen.